This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Hello and welcome to Bulls Beat. We've got plenty of what Alex Oldish had to say, a lot on what's coming up. And you could tell that the Bulls are trying to keep this under control, keep this like it's any other game, but really no, it's not any other game. You'll also hear a little bit of what Jalen Schuler and Donovan Jennings, a couple of the leaders on the team, had to say as well. What a game on Tuesday night for men's soccer, losing to Clemson 3-2, to but plenty of drama, and the Bulls were right there with one of the best teams in the country traditionally, but lost and are now 1-4 and on the season. We'll also give you some other notes as well. Let's get right into Coach Golish, before we start on the Alabama stuff, i got to tell you, being there and was setting up to record Bullseye, the new episode, which will drop early on Thursday morning at 7 o'clock, the full hour with the head coach. We also talked to Naeem Simmons, who was tremendous. Also, my interview with co-captains of men's soccer, Sergio Pinares-Mayorga and Nick Scargill, and we'll hint at a moment in that interview that almost was rendered moot by what happened in the soccer game. I'll explain in our second block, but... Those guys, you'll also hear S.J. Green, who was a freshman receiver the last time and the only time the Bulls played Alabama back 20 years ago. He caught up with Sam Barrington. But while that was going on, the team was wrapping up, and you can tell, and it's actually displayed in Coach Golish's comments here, that they are trying to snap them to attention, not that they need to be really, but Tuesday's practice was a mixed bag, mostly good. I thought it was positive. I thought we got to clean up a bunch which is like every Tuesday. Tuesday, I feel like you come out and you, you install, you put a bunch in, and it always is like somewhere between kind of sloppy and kind of good. Then you go in, you clean it up, and you come out tomorrow and you feel like it's cleaner and you kind of build up as the week goes. I thought attitude-wise was awesome. I thought execution-wise it was what a normal Tuesday it was. I thought guys are super locked in, super focused. It's always easier to coach harder after a win. So I think, I think we were hard on them today to continue to perfect their process, um, but thought it was a solid practice. So they're correcting things when they see that they're not up to par, and certainly the penalties need to be corrected. One thing that you see happen at Raymond James Stadium last week, and you wonder, okay, is that how the team is going to be, or are they going to get away from, is specifically the celebrating the taunting stuff. And doesn't sound like we have to worry about that. I love hearing this from the head coach. Some of the stuff I was disappointed in, the penalties, so even some of the celebration stuff, the get get an interception and we're running over to to a student section. Like I thought that stuff was really immature and not what I had expected. I thought the week before we handled that stuff a lot better. So that the the pieces I was really disappointed in. Um, you know, I talked about laying a foundation. That's what we're doing um, in terms of laying a foundation for what this program is is and what it's going to be. There were some of those things that I thought were were honestly uh, embarrassing and ridiculous. So I addressed it with the team yesterday. We turned the page. And before we turn the page to looking at Alabama, one thing that was a big-time improvement from week one to week two, week one really only one bull receiver caught more than one pass as far as actual wideouts go. This was a different story, especially led by Sean Atkins and Naeem Simmons. But remembering that some of the wide receivers were not available in week one, that group Looking much better. I thought they took a huge jump from week one to week two. I thought we played a lot cleaner. Um, I thought, again, from an effort standpoint, 
they did a really good job of of attacking. What we do offensively is hard for those guys in terms of how much stress we put on them. I thought effort was really good again. I thought from a from a technique and an execution standpoint, we took a step forward. I don't think it's anywhere near where we want to be. We got some guys back healthy. We got Michael Brown Stevens back. We were able to play him a little bit. We got Yui Terry back. We were able to play him a little bit. We got Tyree Kelly, a series. We were able to get him going a little bit. Again, trying to increasingly grow the depth there so that we can roll more guys and we could be fresh and could play faster. But I thought they played a lot faster. I thought they were a lot more decisive. I thought Naeem Simmons took a huge step forward. I thought Sean Atkins took a huge step forward. Um, so those two guys I was really proud of. Again, I think the longer you're in the system, the longer, the better you're going to continue to be. Um, so they looked, I was really impressed for what they looked like in game two of year one. Expect us to take another huge step this week and then just continue to get better and better. But really, it's a confidence deal. You look at the, that group of guys, and I should have mentioned Jaden Alexis played a bunch and was really impressed by him. Those guys, although a little bit older, Naeem Simmons, this was his second Division I football game. Oh, and speaking of Naeem, he was just so awesome to talk to. And again, you could hear that conversation a half hour into tomorrow's new episode of Bullseye. We'll repeat it every hour from 7 to 10. So just to map out your week, once again, Bulls beat Monday, Wednesday, Friday, a new Bulls beat ahead with Michael Kelly Tuesday, and the new coaches show, Bullseye, on Thursday with Naeem Simmons. You could tell he's got confidence, but also just a very good intelligence about him. And he admitted they didn't exactly play in a bunch of big-time environments at Wagner, so he's getting used to a lot of it. Uh, Incidentally, just one win in two seasons at Wagner, so it was good for him to be part of the big win for the Bulls. One part that certainly was concerning the six sacks by Florida A&M. The offensive line did have some players dinged up. Here's what Coach has to say about the O-line, which, of course, against Alabama is going to be a big issue. Was he specifically concerned was the question. Concerned in terms of we got to continue to work to fix a lot of things in there. You know, I think the O-line gets a lot of heat on that. This week, where we gave up six, three of them were on the O-line, three of them were on me, and everybody else, meaning either we're not putting them in the right situation or we're not getting open or at running back or at tight end where we're not quite holding up enough um, or we're just not putting the ball out on time, you know, and it's all of that is a huge combination. We talked the last two weeks, man, one of our points of emphasis to winning was protecting the quarterback. And I think it's going to continue to be for the rest of time, you know, in terms of if you're going to put the ball in the air a bunch. But it really is everybody's job, and not to sound cliche on it, it, it I mean, wideout's got to get open. Running back's got to protect. Uh, we got to scheme it the right way. Um, so there's so much that goes into it. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've given up 12 in two weeks. That's a lot. Um, so certainly a huge point of emphasis. And a lot, I mean, a lot of scrambles where Byram has created some positives, you know, which, which is encouraging. But absolutely, especially as you're getting a young quarterback confident young quarterback getting him ready to go and you're selling confidence to him for him to be able to set his feet and deliver a football is really really important so um yeah I don't know concerned a huge point of emphasis for sure especially as you go up against a good defensive line and you know and and certainly a good scheme that you're going to have to hold up so Alex Golish knows a little bit about the scheme that Alabama runs I thought Joey Johnston asking him you know other than good players what is it about Alabama 
that makes the tide so good, and I thought this was a pretty good explanation from a guy who saw them up close. You know, I think several things. Obviously, having really good players is is a piece of it. Uh, they play really hard. They re- they've recruited to a scheme on both sides of the ball for a really long time. You know, they when they made a systematic change offensively, they've recruited to that scheme uh, in terms of having a dual threat quarterback and and. So therefore, you can recruit different on the perimeter, going more to a spread, no, no huddle type offense. They've been able to recruit to that defensively. They've evolved, but they've recruited to a system for a really long time. So you know what you're getting in terms of when you're recruiting, this guy's going to be here, and you allow him to develop and grow in a system. I think when you have consistency in that way, and even though there's been coaching change, the system on both sides of the ball has really stayed the same. So they've recruited to the same system for a long time. Um, And that's what makes a program really good is the consistency of scheme, consistency of expectations. And then obviously as you win, that's contagious and helps recruiting and and all those things. So it's it's a program. You know, I think in a lot of ways, it's what everybody strives to be is is a consistent program. And as you lose coaches and being able to plug and play and say, this is what we do, and then you're just plugging coaches into that. Last year, and of course this question was going to come up, it actually did on bullseye. Tennessee beat Alabama 52-49. to So how do you build up to the point where you have to actually beat them? It was kind of getting to know the squad, which he does, but albeit with a different team, the success that came against the Tide last year. Playing them two times in a row, I think like you go in year one, you, you see a system, you know, like, like for them, and obviously I was on one side of the ball, but you see a system that's consistent in that conference. Like there's a lot of people that, are, that have gone out of that tree and have played uh, that are coaching in that league now. And so I felt like you kind of, you see that scheme over and over again, and you're like, you're navigating it, trying to find the right ways to attack it. And year one, um, I thought we were on the right stuff, just didn't have the bullets to, to go finish it in the fourth quarter. And then last year, you know, felt like we found an answer, found a way to create some explosives and then kept exploiting that, uh, which was cool from a schematic standpoint. Executed at a high clip, we were prepared for that moment at that time as a program. Um, and so... What I gathered from that was it took us a year and a half of seeing the same scheme and then actually having the right answers for where, how we were going to attack it. Um, so it was, I think it was like a culmination of a lot that went into that game in terms of seeing the same scheme over and over and over again and, and trying different things and having different answers. And as a program at that point last year, um, I thought we were ready for that moment. Like our process was right for that moment to, to happen. Probably explains why he focuses on the process so much. One thing he was not particularly in the mood to discuss, and you could tell, and I'm right there with him, was, hey, Alabama's going to be angry because they lost to Texas. And then, of course, as he was asked several different ways to essentially get into the whole mystique of the matchup, Alabama coming to Tampa. Yeah, we know he did go a little bit long on that as we wrap up with what Alex Golish had to say during his Tuesday press conference here. Yeah, I got no idea on that. Uh, Texas is really good on film. I was really impressed by what they look like, what, what they built. Um, Alabama's Alabama, right? They've won six national titles in 15 years, 16 years. 
those guys know how to win. They know how to work. They got good football coaches. They got really good players. I imagine for them, this is the most important game on their schedule because it's the next one as well. I think it's a it's another measuring stick for us. You know, like I thought week one was that go up against a, a football team that's won a bunch the last two years, that's consistent in what they do, uh, that I thought was, was physical, I thought was tough, I thought schematically was really sound. It was a really good measuring stick for us. You know, like I wanted to see what we look like. You go week two against a good FCS team, a team that's also won 18 games in the last two years. Another good measuring stick, like how do our kids handle that? I just told you how I felt like we handled it. I thought we handled it just all right. I thought week one we handled it extremely well. Um, and now you, you get a team coming in here that's a really good football team, a top 10 preseason football team in the country. Where do we measure up there? So that's why I, I know I seem short with my answer on – on all these like analogies or mythical like like man we got to go strap up and line up against another man and go at it for three and a half hours one-on-one and whack heads that's what it is you gotta you gotta scheme the right way you gotta execute the right way we gotta protect the quarterback we gotta tackle in space like it's no different no matter who you're playing and that's why i'm not like a giant fan of like all the all the David Goliath, like all of like, it's it's another squad that you get to go in, and it's another test for us as we lay the foundation for what we're doing. And just like I've talked about going into the season, like the end result, I'm going to get evaluated on. We'll get evaluated on, and and it's going to be talked about. But for me, our process to what it actually looks like on a Saturday, right now, is the most important thing, and the the part of it that our guys are still learning, and I think we'll continue to learn, is that we don't control the end result of that game. We control this week, like we control what Tuesday practice looked like. We control what the rest of the day looks like, tonight looks like, how we show up in the morning. Like we control all that. Saturday will be a byproduct of what the week is. And anybody that's ever played sports can attest to that, right? And so that's how it rolls. And our guys are slowly understanding that. Again, you're, you're taking a program that, that hasn't had success in terms of wins and losses. You bring in a whole bunch of new people and you blow the entire thing up and you say, this is how it's going to be. And you hold people to that standard. So you're going to see ebbs and flows. And so far, I've been really proud of, of the effort that we're, we're going to work with. What the end result is will be a direct reflection of what this week looked like. So that's what the head coach thinks. You're going to hear more from him on tomorrow's bullseye starting at 7. i got to tell you, and it's a little bit my fault, but a little bit credit to the men's tennis team. You know, last week we chatted up women's tennis at their photo shoot day, and I'm flat out tell you they were scheduled to be there from 8.30 to 11.30, so I kind of came right in the middle and got most of the team, all but one player. The men, that was the same plan, and... They were gone. <laughs> I guess they weren't as interested in getting a bunch of photos. So I was not able to get any men's tennis interviews, but just letting you know that was not intended. And we will talk to many of those guys. Remember, the fall season for tennis is about to get underway. It is different than the fall season for golf, which is going to start for the women this week, by the way. Basically, golf counts and tennis only counts for your individual ranking as far as a team exercise that's what the spring is for in the sport of tennis that's what gets you or doesn't get you 
into the NCAA tournament. The fall, you go to events as a team, but you play in individual brackets. Kind of a quirk to that one particular sport. Men's soccer was at home against Clemson, and it was an outstanding crowd and plenty of drama, albeit in a loss. We'll get there in just a couple of minutes. Wanted to play some comments first from a couple of leaders on the Bulls about playing Alabama. First, Jalen Shuler from the defense, followed by Donovan Jennings on the O-line. It's exciting, you know. Not everybody get the opportunity, you know, to play, you know, big teams on big national TV. But um, big crowd turnout. Supposed to be like 60,000 already coming. Uh, student section should be swinging, you know. It's just exciting. How do you think you guys will react to that? <laughs> I mean, well, we've been sticking to our process, though, which is just keeping our heads straight, just worry about what we can do. Oh, it's extremely important, you know, for um, a lot of people who are just getting a, you know, first first time on the scene, like, you know, like myself, uh, didn't play much last year. Um, um, playing a big team like this on the big stage, like I said, you can really help yourself out exposure-wise, you know, and see where you're at really against a team that's as good as Alabama. Um, you know, they're physical, fast, you know, fly around to the ball. They get hands on you pretty quick. They play physical as, as heck. So, you know, for us, it's just being us, um, winning the line of scrimmage and um, being very physical as well. So if we come out and be physical like I know we can, we'll be fine. Definitely, um, you know, we come out like we know we can play, come out fast, come out physical, and, um, you know, get the win. It would definitely, you know, help us moving forward and definitely give our team the confidence that we need going into the season. And, you know, you know whenever you play these big type of games, it's always about you. It's never, never get too big or too small for the moment. So it's always just staying humble. You know, you can definitely feel the, um, the buzz because, like you, like you said, it was um, non-conference four, four games in the last 20 years or something like that. So, you know, it's pretty rare that, you know, a team like this comes and plays you in your home stadium. But, um, yeah, you know, we're just ready and it's the next game. So just take it on as the next opponent. That's the line that they are going by. It's any other game. Something tells me that on Saturday afternoon it'll look different than any other game. It's going to be, if not an actual sellout, then a virtual sellout. You kind of heard Dono refer to it. Awesome, by the way, for him to be able to play in a game like this. About how rarely Alabama actually visits for a non-conference game. As a matter of fact, talk to Tom Laberger, who covers the team, and he said, if his research is correct, it has been since 1992, since Alabama played a non-conference, non-Power 5 opponent on the road. So this is quite something. 